Have a seat. It's a great honor to be here. I just told Gabrielle that, uh, that uh, when she's uh, uh, the leading public figure in this country and I show up, I promise she won't say, Joe, who is outside? You say, Joe Biden, remember, just remember me, okay? Promise? All right. Uh, Chancellor Davidson, Vice Chancellor Bartholomew, thank you for hosting us today on this beautiful campus of Ulster University. I came here in 91 in this neighborhood, and you couldn't have a glass building like this here in this neighborhood. I don't think. I don't think it would have uh, stood up very well. But things are changing. Lord Mayor Black, uh, and Secretary of State of Northern Ireland, Heaton Harris, thank you for the welcome to Belfast. And uh, Mr. Speaker, and leaders of Northern uh, Ireland's leading five political parties, I was honored to welcome you to the White House a few weeks ago, and, uh, and it's wonderful to see all of you again today. And Ambassador Hartley, thank you for your outstanding work leading our mission to the UK. Ambassador Hartley is, uh, is an old friend, and uh, the former ambassador from Great Britain to the United States, the home of that ambassador and the embassy is along the fence line of the vice president's residence, which I lived in for eight years. And the vice president uh, and I, beca I became friends with the, the ambassador. And his last uh, trip uh, back home before he came back to Washington to serve out the final few months of his term he, uh, he uh, told me he was going to bring something back for me. And so uh, I didn't know what he had in mind. But when he came back, we had him over the house. We spent some time together, he and his wife and I and my wife. And uh, he brought back a book with a, a, a photograph on the front of the book. A, a, it had been just reprinted, the book, of a somewhat stout British captain in his quarters with a big bulldog sitting next to him. And his name was Captain George Biden. Because he used to always kid me and saying, you know, Biden's English. You talk about the Irish, Biden's English. <laughs> and he told me that he went back and he had the Lord Admiralty, this is God's true story, check. And my great, great 1840, I think it was 1842, could have been 1828, I can't remember, it's one of those two dates, had written the rules, the rules of mutiny for the British Navy. <laughs> and I said, well, at least that part's consistent, Reverend, <laughs> mutiny. But um, anyway, he used to always kid me when I'd say, you know, talk about, he'd say, yeah, you talk about the Irish. He said, you're English, just remember that. <laughs> then I found out, my sister and I found out the name Robinet, Robinette, my middle name's Robinette. I, uh, I thought that uh, all those years it was French. They must have been Huguenots because they came to Great Britain in the 1700s, somewhere along the way, and they're all from Nottingham. So uh, I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> you, you come back, it's confusing. And anyway, Council General Iran, Iran and, uh, and Envoy, Special Envoy uh, Joe Kennedy. Thank you for your efforts to continue deepening and strengthening the ties between Northern Ireland and the United States. It's good to see Belfast, a city that's alive with commerce, art, and, uh, I would argue, inspiration. The dividends of peace are all around us, and this very campus is situated in an intersection where conflict and bloodshed once held a terrible sway. 
The idea, as I said, to have a glass building here when I was here in 91 was highly unlikely. Where barbed wire once sliced up the city, today we find cathedral, a cathedral of learning built of glass and let the shine light out in, in and out. It just has a profound impact for someone who's come back to see it. You know, it's an incredible testament to the power and the possibilities of peace. 25 years ago this week, the landmark Belfast Good Friday Agreement was signed. And it wasn't easy. I was a United States senator at the time, and uh, I worked very closely with my good friend George Mitchell, who will be here, I believe, in a couple days. And uh, there were no guarantees that the deal on paper would hold, no guarantees that it would be able to deliver the progress we celebrate today. It took long, hard years of work to get to this place. It took a people willing to come together in good faith and to risk boldly for the future. Leaders in a piece like John Hume and David Trimble and David Irvine and, uh, and uh, Monica McWilliams and Mary Robinson, etc. They were all people that I got to meet back then. And it took people across, all across Northern Ireland who made the choice to work for a brighter and a shared future. At the time, it seemed so distant, some of it. It seemed so distant. First, at the ballot box, an everyday sense, the acts of seeing each other through the lens of a common humanity, which, again, when I first came here as a young senator, didn't seem like it was realistic. It took pioneering women across all communities and parties that said, enough, enough, and demanded change, as well as a seat at the negotiating table, including through the Northern Ireland Women's Coalition. And it took a determined effort of my good friend, who, someone who embodies the country's commitment to all the people, all the people in this region, Senator George Mitchell. And, uh, you know, his time serving as Special Envoy for Northern Ireland is one of the great examples in history of the right person for the right job at the right time, in my view. I think uh, sometimes, especially when the distance of history, we forget how hard-earned, how astounding that piece was at the moment. It shifted the political gravity in our world. Literally, it shifted the political gravity. In 1998, it was the longest-running conflict in Europe since the end of World War II. Thousands of families had been affected by the troubles. Losses are real. The pain was personal. I need not tell many people in this audience. Every person killed in the troubles left an empty chair at that dining room table and a hole in the heart that was never filled for the ones they lost. Peace was not inevitable. We can't ever forget that. There was nothing inevitable about it. As George Mitchell often said, the negotiations had, quote, 700 days of failure and one day of success. 700 days of failure and one day of success. But they kept going because George and all the many others never stopped believing that success was possible. And I want all of you to know, especially the young people in the audience today, and don't jump, okay? <laughs> oh, I didn't see the all the way up there. As my father would say, please excuse my back. I apologize. <laughs> but all kidding aside, the American people were with are with you every step of the